Hello and welcome to another New Game Plus. We're back with our uh, genre recommendations and today we're hitting on 2D platformers, um, which I don't think, yeah, we haven't done anything in the 2D realm. I think we did, uh, what was it, like 2D Zeldas or something like that? I think that's the only other kind of 2D thing we've talked about on these uh, genre recs so far. Uh, but I could be mistaken. And it's not it's not even the same 2D, really. We did Zelda Likes. You're right. So that was in 2 and 3D. It was like Zelda games that aren't Zelda. Yeah, yeah. And there was a bunch of them in there that were sort of different. Anyway, like we do with all of ours, uh, we have sort of five categories that we hit on here that we think are sort of fun categories and Obviously, this isn't definitive games. This is more just like, what the hell have we played? Um, so there's tons of stuff. And every time we do these, I always appreciate, like, people, you know, offer things like, oh, what about this game? And it's like, oh, well, actually, we didn't know about that. So sometimes uh, you all given me ideas that I have put on my list and gone to play later. Mm. So, again, if you listen to this and you're like, dude, you guys forgot, like, the classic, hit us up. Let us know. Because we'll go, we'll probably someday, at least it'll go on to our big old Maybe. backlog. <laughs> uh, Maybe. The never-ending backlog, but it's a it's an aspiration for us. So the intro, the the kind of genres we have, we have intro game, which again, all depends on how we interpret this. Usually it's for someone with little to no experience. Then we have the foundational game for those who've kind of had a little bit of experience with this. Interesting take on the genre. Our current kind of definitive modern interpretation, which... Ironically. Ironically, yeah. a lot of our modern ones are old, uh, but... We're old, so which uh, I mean, we're getting old. <laughs> um, so sometimes our modern games aren't that modern. Um, and then uh, we have a hidden gem or kind of an acquired taste, just something that's like a little out there, you know, that you think like I like this, but I could see how people might not. Uh, so we're gonna kick it off right away with our intro game, um, and well, I'm just gonna start because uh, I introduced all this. So. Are we? <laughs> I know we've done it on previous, and we can feel free to clip this bit out and skip it if we're not. Are we defining what we're calling a 2D platformer before we I suppose we could define that now. Because um, for me, I've, I've had to make a real concerted effort not to include Metroidvanias in this. Same. Because for me, 2D platformer means something where it's more linear, more level-based. There's not an expectation that you're necessarily in a single continuous map that you're crisscrossing around because you've unlocked power-ups to do more things. So I'm thinking linear. Um, obviously, I'm thinking 2D. Um, I'm thinking combat and other bits are okay, but the primary focus is on the running and the jumping. Yes, running, jumping, puzzle solving. That, to me, is like a 2D platformer, right? And usually level-based, like you mentioned. Obviously, Metroidvanias are 2D platformers, for most, a lot of them are. Um, many of them, like Guacamelee, uh, you know, uh, Hollow Knight, um, all of these are, you know, they're 2D platformers, Blasphemous, all of those. But... Like you said, mm. I think they're primarily seen as a Metroidvania. So I'd say for us, we've sort of chosen games that, even just looking at our lists here, I think all the games that we've chosen, they're primarily based on the idea of jumping and moving around. And you might occasionally solve puzzles through you jumping and running around. <laughs> mm. um, but tend yeah. to be level-based in the sense that you start at one spot and you get to the end and you move on to the next. You don't really return back um, and backtrack and stuff um so yeah that's a good point rick um okay now let's jump in then to um our kind of intro games and i've picked i kind of have two here um oftentimes we end up having more than one whatever it's more bang for your buck um the first one for me is like i think this is very much 
it's interesting because like I don't know how intro y game this would be now. Um, for me, this is certainly an intro game, which was Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins. Like this is one of the earliest ones. Actually, probably the original Super Mario Brothers is the earliest one that I remember. But I almost think that's not as good of an intro anymore because that game is hard. <laughs> um, whereas Super Mario Land 2, I think is much easier. It's not like it's a super enjoyable game. I just do think that it's um, maybe a little better balanced because it's meant for that handheld experience um versus you know the original super mario bros that game was like let's punish these kids <laughs> uh, and it did it punished me a lot as a kid but i got really i got way better by playing through it um i think you've all played this one right at least rick i know you definitely have played this one very nearly picked it for myself i mean it i have childhood memories of playing this game and not having a clue about like the end boss so i'd like jump around in the levels in not level in the save select bit like deleting saves because i didn't really understand what a save was i just understood i was running around with bomb with legs um but yeah it exceptionally good game absolutely still stands up today very forgiving very welcoming um absolutely concur with putting it in this category yeah, and there are so many, um, like there's like an incredible colorized version now too um, mm-hmm. that I remember just playing. Like I think, so when we initially wrote this, because uh, obviously, you know, we've created these at different times. Uh, this is actually when we first started doing New Game Pluses, we populated this one, I think. And so we've edited our lists a little bit, but this is one that didn't change for me, um, even despite, you know, being a year or so out from having played it. Um, it's just so good. Um, mm. and that colored version makes it stand up against all the others too. Um, and then the other one that I have here is the artful escape, which I didn't have on initially, but I actually think this is a phenomenal intro to, uh, platformers because it's not very hard. In fact, our, some might argue it's too easy. Um, and it's really just about getting into the flow of running and jumping and playing your guitar. Uh, and I think it's kind of a perfect way. Like I would happily introduce someone young to this, you know? Hmm. Um, anyway, I don't think either of you have played this, right? Uh, Rick, did you play this? No, I tried on my oh, laptop. Yeah, this, the one that your laptop is like, nope. Yeah. Another time. Yeah. Anyway, great game. Well, what about for, uh, yeah, Rick, uh, yours is no surprise. <laughs> no surprise. Anyone who's listened to any of our podcasts knows that I'm a big proponent of Daddish. Uh, he's a dad, but he's also a radish. And there are a lot of games in this series. And a couple of reasons I picked this one. Uh, very accessible. It is free on mobile platforms, uh, ad-supported, although you can pay to remove those. Uh, there's three entries and a fourth, if you count, the recently released at the time of recording Daily Daddish. Um, and it is very, very straightforward. Um, it's literally move left, move right, jump, double jump. Um, the levels are all bite-sized. Uh, there's a great bit of humor. Um, it's just a really easy, simple, like gentle ease into that genre. Um, and I, I think it ticks all the boxes for this category. So yeah. And yeah, you're absolutely right. This is a stereotypical me pick. There's no, there's no question there. Um, Paola, what about, you've got two picks there. Can you tell us about those? Yeah, I got two picks that are kind of like, uh, very, very easy platformers, especially Kirby's Dreamland, because mm. I do remember playing, trying to get into platformers for me was um, kind of difficult because uh, as someone who doesn't really have that sense of timing for you to jump from one platform to another, I actually struggled a bit. So I started with Kirby's Dreamland and it is fairly a platformer, like 
you move through platforms, but Kirby kind of like obliterates the concept of platform because he can fly. Mm -hmm. You still can't like attack and fly at the same time. So that is what forces you to go through the platforms, even though you can uh, fly over most of enemies. But anyway, so it is a very easy, like it is a kind of like, for me, it's a comfort game because mm -hmm. uh, of how kind of like chill easy it is. And it's still like the boss, the bosses still are kind of brutal, but the platforming sections are like very, very easy. On the other hand, I have Dwyer. Sorry, go go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I think you might have picked the like actual objectively correct answer for this one. <laughs> like you, this game is literally made for what you're describing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Also, Kirby's other trouble. So who who doesn't love Kirby? Like, try try to find me in this one. And the other one is the Liar Princess and the Blind Prince because, um, well, I have a huge bias towards the art, the art direction of the game because it is beautiful and it looks like a fairy tale. And it has uh, quite a bit of story in it, but platforming sections are like, again, very easy. As long as you don't let go of the, of the princess's hand, you're okay. Because as if you do happen to let go of him when while you're jumping a very high jump, well, I hope you want to redo that little section again because he will die. Um, but still, like the it is very light on the platform, very light on the puzzles. It's more about the story. It's trying still. Uh, so it is another one of those entry games that that I would particularly recommend to those who are more into visual novels. In the sense of if you are into visual novels and haven't have uh, played a 2D platformer like ever, this is like a perfect entry game for you. So yeah, those are my picks. Nice. Right. So then I think we're moving on now to the foundational game. So this is the one where um, essentially it's a game that we think like for those who have like, you know, they've, they've jumped their feet in uh, to the world of platformers and they've come out and they're like, I want to take on something a little more intense. <laughs> so uh, Rick, why don't you tell us a little bit? What did, what did you pick for this one? Yeah, so I've, I've been again naughty and picked two, uh, one of which is going to come up for one of you guys later, and that is Ninja 5 uh, Ninja Cop, depending on which region you are in. Um, it's a weird sort of yeah. GBA platformer where you're a ninja who's also a policeman, like stopping bank heists and random stuff like that. It's got the bionic commando sort of grapple, albeit you've got a lot more flexibility in terms of using it. You throw shurikens, you do attacks. It's all very level-based. Um, it's really, really solid. So asks a little bit more of you, which is why I thought it was better here, um, but absolutely still holds up. Um, just download a ROM because it's bloody expensive to get a hold of. It's, uh, as the name sort of suggests, not a one that the publisher had particularly high hopes about. So didn't get a massive print run. Um, if you want an original cart, they can set you back a fair bit. Yeah, um, and it, it game... truly... Oh, sorry. Go on. No, go ahead. You're real good. I was going to say, it really does hold up because like, I played this... Like, I never played this on my GBA when it first came out. I only played this when I was doing my kind of like big Game Boy Advance run. And uh, mm -hmm. shit's really fun. Like, it's just... It's a good game that holds up even today. 
I, I do have a slight confession. I played this game on a PSP Go, which uh, happens to have a really good GBA emulator. Yeah, of course I did. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's really, really good. I do want to replay it on original hardware. I've got um, I've got a flashcard, so that is a possibility now. Um, my other pick uh, is Mutant Muds Deluxe. Uh, so this is by um, Atui, the, the Dimension people, um, Chicken Wiggle, various other games. Um, it is a aesthetically classic and like difficulty classic game um it's jump hover shoot it's all level based um it's very very tightly put together it's a really um confident game it is also very very hard um and that you know not not like um obnoxiously so but it's it will present a stiff challenge um and it does require oftentimes a number of retries on a level to get it just right. There's not a lot of flex. There's not a lot of room for error. But I think that's to the game's strength. It asks a lot for you, but you get as much as you give it um, in that sense. Um, it's available on just about everything. Um, and why don't you both tell me about the game that one of you had and one of you very briefly had and is taking off, which is throwing throwing this episode into disarray. Uh, Alex, Tell us about your game. Let's go from there. <laughs> yeah, Paolo just moved that one. All right. <laughs> What's this? Yeah, changing the <laughs> list up as we're fucking talking here. <laughs> oh, no. I was just moving shit around, throwing us all <laughs> off. Um, see, I didn't include the one that... Pa- so Paolo just... We're going to talk about Paolo's actually. I'm throwing everything around here. Because Paolo sure. just popped okay. Ori in the Blind Forest up here. And I didn't include that one because I consider that a Metroidvania. Um, mm. Though I agree with you that it's a phenomenal game. Uh, both of them are really, really good. Uh, but why don't you tell us about that one a little bit, Paolo? Why'd you pick that one? You're muted. Oh, there, why don't you unmute yourself and then tell us about it? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Still muted. <laughs> oh, it's all gone tits up for Paolo in the last God it, I There you go. We're gonna we're gonna leave all that in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are unedited. Remember, that's what you get with New Game Plus. You get a little bit of our, our raw unfiltered us. Oh dear. <laughs> okay, so I picked the uh, Ori and the Blind Forest, uh, Super Mario Bros. First of all, Ori and the Blind Forest, maybe because of this is was what I was working towards when I uh, started playing Metroid. Sorry, when I was started playing platformers, hmm. because I kind of I already said I kind of suck at platformers, so I had to try to get to this point because I didn't grow up with them. And for me, or in the Blind Forest, especially like the that one section where you have to escape from uh, mm-hmm. something and you have to like run through the level was very challenging for me. And it was like, yeah, that this is this is what I think about when I think about uh, uh, something like what you call a foundational game here. Because holy crap, it took me so many attempts to get it right, but when I got it right, it was satisfying. On the other hand, I have Super Mario Bros. Because you said, as as well, you said, yeah, this one was very punishing, especially for us kids. And mm-hmm. uh, I have to read. This one is uh, not a game that I would recommend for beginners in a long shot. So I did complete it. It took me a while. Thank you to the safe states that I was able to put on because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to complete it. 
um, I don't think it is as satisfying for me to to beat this game over like it was for me for with Ori and the Blind Forest, but still like I feel like every platformer fan has a, at least to try this one because it is a classic. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. You're right too, though. Like, so, yeah. yeah it's, anyway, I, I guess I'll talk about mine now, huh? <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, so I picked Shovel Knight um, because I really think Shovel Knight is like, to me, sort of the epitome of 2D platformers. I, I, you know, I could almost see this one being like the current definitive, which I think you all, anyway, we'll see it come up in, in another area because Shovel Knight is one that will be talked about. Um, I think it's it's very, very, it's very good. Um and I think it's a good game for people to try out, especially Treasure Trove, because you get so many freaking games in one. Like, it's like, you know, how many games is it now? It's like four games in one, I think. Um, Five if you include Showdown. Yeah. Is Showdown in the Treasure Trove? Uh, depending on which version you have. So Vita and 3DS, no, everything else, yes. Yeah, I wouldn't, I, I personally don't count that. Um, in terms of platformers, it counts as a full game, obviously. But Yeah, uh, that's fair enough. Because that one's a beat up, right? Like, it's like a, a smash. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously great, like good stuff, all that's good stuff. But yeah, to me, Shovel Knight, it just, it represents like this culmination of the, um, the nineties and like eighties, um, you know, 2d platformers when you're talking about like the NES, uh, and, and mostly the NES, right? Like obviously there's a bit of inspiration from, um, from, uh, the SNES with, in terms of like, you know, the feel and whatnot, but in terms of like actual like stylings and controls, it's like taking those incredible games from that era and just sort of perfecting it. Um, and really like making everything feel tight, um, making it feel enjoyable and, and also making it so that it is challenging, but no longer so punishing that you want to fucking kill yourself. Um, because mother of all that is holy, do you ever want to fucking kill yourself with some 2D platformers? Um, there's one I'll be talking about later that absolutely makes people want to fucking kill themselves. Um, and I loved, but that I think is like genuinely one of the like trends with a lot of, uh, 2d platformers is that they are maybe one of the most punishing game genres out there because they require such precision. Um, and as we know, games aren't always, don't always run super great. So sometimes you play a fucking platformer that requires precision and you get very sad. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's that's mine. Um, I'm certain we'll be hearing about this game again in a few minutes. <laughs> but uh, mm. for now, why don't we jump into interesting takes on the genre? Which, uh, how about Paolo? Why don't you start this time with your interesting take on the genre with the game that I think we've seen later and that you are absolutely no bias at all about. <laughs> oh, what is bias anyway? Is it tasty? <laughs> It would be like uh, if, for example, you were friends with the people who made the thing you're going to talk about. Yeah, but we're not friends with anyone <laughs> who makes games. <laughs> wink, wink. No, of course not. Mm -hmm. uh, that game would be what lies in the multiverse, because I really love that game, and I have to sing praises every time I'm able to. And this one in particular is because you are able to uh, swap universes, and not in all levels, but in, in some levels. And you can... Uh, and there's like weird shit going on. Like mm -hmm. sometimes you'll get um, these, I forgot the names of it, uh, Ibiquitous, Ibiquitous, um, Ibiquitous, which is, uh, yeah, which is an item which is in both universes you are swapping. So you have to take advantage of that. 
or you also get um, this, I guess, gravity reversing or like, it's not gravity reversing, it's more like you enter in one end and go up out of the other, like, like portals. forcefully that yellows portals too. And you also get the uh, very fascinating level where gravity is inverted and you have to play with that. And I really enjoyed this game because like it is the first time where I actually like um, ice levels because I really hate the, that feeling of having ice on your feet, but in this game, I think they did it like very well. well. And that is because only half of the level is ice and the other half, if it is not. So you use the ice to propel yourself across the level. And then you land on, this, um, on something that isn't ice. So there you go. I no longer have that problem where ice just makes me want like to scream because, oh my God, if it wasn't so slippery, I would have landed correctly on that platform. Um, but yeah, I really like the universe of the mechanic and I really like the overall overarching theme and story of the game so go play that game yeah. as much as we we're razzing you I mean, sponsor. It, it, it is genuinely a pretty interesting take like that's definitely in the right category yeah uh why don't um, i talk a little bit oh yeah you, do you have more Paula? or no i was about to say alex why don't you just talk about your game so well look at us I'm we're sharing a brain still <laughs> <laughs> uh i have two that i actually kind of think of them as like almost like very similar games in a way, um, despite being different in lots of ways. But anyway, in my mind, they're similar. I have Limbo as my first one here, which I, I, I think of Limbo as an interesting take simply because of the fact that like it is a platformer, but they've really stripped down your abilities, right? Like so often in platformers, it's all about your like quick movement and like, you know, get to this place, go to that. And in Limbo, it's like, no, no, no. What if you were like a weak little shithead <laughs> who like can't really do much and is like going to get destroyed by things. Um, and instead, and almost, and almost has like the weird physics stuff, you know, like, um, you know, like they're a little rag dolly in some ways. Uh, and then you're just kind of like having to navigate and try to survive this like terrifying world. Um, and so, I don't know. I, I really, really loved the game. And I remember... I played it and just absolutely like devoured it when it first came out. Um, and so for me, that's like one of the most interesting and, and has stayed one of the most interesting takes for me, you know, like it's, it's a game that like I still at times think about um, in terms of its impact. And I think is better than the one that came later, which what was that other one where you inside? That was the one, right? Yeah. Um, which also is an interesting have to push back on that. I thought in, inside was miles and way better than limbo. Nevertheless, Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't like Inside as much. Um, yeah, I think it's less inspired. But uh, that's that's a debate for a different day and a different... A different time, different, absolutely. In a, different, in a different world and a different time. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that was that one. Uh, my other one is Braid, which I think mm. is pretty inarguably a very interesting take on, uh, on 2D platformers, right? Because, you know, you're talking about time manipulation, a little bit of like the stuff that you were discussing uh, with What Lies in the Moon. Uh, multiverse there paula um here's a full game where like the entire concept of it is the is the kind of reversing mechanic that just drastically changes how the game functions um and how you experience it and go through it 
Um, it really, like, I think the reason that I also, because obviously, you know, I think there could be some argument that it, like it's a puzzle game, but I think the reason that I put it in as a uh, 2D platformer is that the puzzles make you rethink and re-understand how platformers work which I think is a really interesting concept, right? Because platformers, like we have said so often, the whole point of them is to get from point A to point B, right? And so the way you do that is by getting from point A to point B, right? Like you you like you get there and you've got to jump up and you find it. But in this one, it's like, okay, but sometimes to get to point B, you're going to actually have to back up and you're going to have to, you know, redo this area or you're going to have to like reset this and then rewind so that you can get etc. And like, I just, I don't know. It was such a like, and this game too, I guess part of it is like, I'm sure if you play this game today, it probably doesn't feel all that groundbreaking, right? Like, um, and I think that's because it's kind of like when you play Super Mario Bros today, right? Where it's like, if you were to play that today, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's like all these other games. And it's like, right. And it's because it, it set the standard, you know? Um, I think great. that goes for Limbo as well in a lot of respects, actually. They both yeah, were very right. sort of key in that indie window. It's like, we don't have, um, you wouldn't have inside without limbo, right? Like literally um, mm. and for this one. And so it's like all these games have obviously had games that have come since that I would say like, yeah, they've probably kind of perfected and or like just made better. Um, but uh, it still stands to me as like such an interesting take on it that I'll never, ever be able to forget because boy, it was so something. And isn't that game supposed to have a remaster coming out? Like I thought it did. Did it already? I, I remember. I think it's already out. I might be wrong, but I thought it was already. I out. remember it was announced and then it like disappeared. Um, and like I don't know if it's come out yet because uh, I mean that developer is an interesting fellow. Mm. <laughs> we can have a um, about that because. I don't think it did. did uh, it? I got that game. Yeah, it did because oh, it did? I got yeah. that game in the Fantasy Greedy League. Oh, you're the one who got it. Uh, you got me like two points. Okay. Yep. Okay, it did come out. I just remember it not like it was like gone for ages, and I was like, because I think I was I was thinking about it in the Critic League about uh, betting on it like last year or something, and I was just like, when is this fucking game coming? <laughs> um. Anyway, that is uh is my two. Uh, Rick, I think you're the one who's next. What are your two? <laughs> I have two absolutely, and and they very similarly sort of focus on, um, like platform, but an extra thing. So first of those is Mark of the Ninja, which is platforming, but stealth. Um, and you know, this isn't entirely unique. Like there's GBA splinter cell games that have tried to do 2d stealth. I think it's entirely unique in that it's actually really, really well executed. Yeah. Um, Mark of the Ninja is one of the first like games I played on PC. Um, I bought the remastered edition on switch to play again. Um, and I've, I've played the tutorial and then stopped it and didn't come back to it yet but it absolutely still holds up even sort of 12 13 14 years after it first came out um the platforming is good and it it's heightened by that stealth component and i think that that similar sort of heightening is true of the second game i've picked uh which is sound shapes um mm. it's also heightened by the fact that you can play it on the vita but the fun thing with sound shapes is that um you are essentially playing interactive songs and the song will start with just a beat. And as you go through the level, the pickups you collect are almost like your single screen is a, um, what's it called? Like a beat track, um, like a sequencer. And so as you pick up the extra things to go into the sequencer, the, the song fills and builds 
and, and becomes the whole track by the time you get to the end. Um, it's hard to access any of the extra content they release now because as a PS3 and Vita game, uh, when those storefronts started to see online services getting shuttered, that game was one of the unfortunate um, sort of victims of that. But the core game is still fantastic. Um, it's got songs by Beck. There's some other sort of big artists that have contributed to the game. Um, and it is elevated massively what is already a good game by the extra things it gives. It also has like a sticking to walls and floors mechanic, which is fun. But the main thing is the music that they tag on top. Um, yeah, not, not really much to say about those apart from that's their extra thing and they're great. Um, shall I roll us into definitive games? Because yes, this, this is yeah. where Shovel Knight comes back in for me. I, despite the fact, and that's where Paola's landed with it now as well. So Paola and I have both got Shovel Knight as our definitive takes. And I think that speaks to a lot of things. I think that it speaks to a certain extent the, the enduring quality of 2D platformers. Um, the fact that that sort of method of play stands the test of time, even as it was implemented originally, obviously with Shovel Knight being a, a retro throwback in certain respects. I think it speaks to the quality of the work they did to um, make a new game in that style while honouring um, the, the history and the influences behind it. And I think it, it speaks to what you alluded to, Alex, which is the sheer amount of content there. I think in, in some ways it's partially definitive just because of how much they've given, how much they did to support the game and expand the game and what a complete package it is as you come to it today. Um, you know, I, I think it still would have been in contention if, if, it, if it was just the Shovel of Hope campaign. But the fact that they've then given you three different inversions and then depending on which version you've got, um, a random sort of Smash Brothers style game to go alongside it, um, I think is massive. Before um, you keep going, Casper, have you played the one that I selected? What do you mean? No. Neither of you have played the one that I picked for this category, have you? Oh, I have. Yeah, yeah I've been here. Oh, no. Okay. I was about to say... I agree with everything you've said, except for that. But anyway, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, Paola, do you have anything to add or, or tag in I on Shovel Knight? Yeah, like, I, again, I don't usually play platformers, but holy crap, Shovel Knight is a lot of fun. Yeah. The platforming is so tight, I never feel like it is my fault that I fall or that something went wrong. Wait. I mean, I never feel it's, <laughs> it is the game's fault that, sorry, brain fart. I never feel that the, it is the game's fault that I fall or like something goes wrong. It is definitely my fault. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I did an OC, I get punished. But, sorry, brain went places. Uh, but still, I really like well, how. It is reminiscent of the uh, old platformers, but it has all the quality of life improvements. It has checkpoints. Uh, you well, if you die, you kind of like lose your bag of money, but you can recover it. So, in any sense of the word, like this is for me the definitive floor interpretation for platformers, and I love it so much. And you can also break those checkpoints for extra money if you're feeling extra spicy. Which is yeah. I discovered by accident late game. It gives it gives a lot of player agency for sure. Hmm. Definitely. Um, and to to tag you in, Alex, the one you've picked absolutely in the conversation. I liked Shovel Knight more. 
Yeah. So I'll say that I think absolutely everything you all said is 100% correct and that you're wrong. Um, (laughs) 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 No, I'm just kidding. Shovel Knight is obviously, I think both of these games are like, in my opinion, at Mm. least, I think both of them are like equal in my mind. Um, Like I would, I would say like, it's, 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 it's more of a case of like either or, you know? Um, And like some are going to speak more to others. Um, Like uh, I think, Pos- no i think honestly these both have like an equally huge and uh ravenous and like um kind of loving fan base uh and in fact i would say their fan base is probably linked right over and so the game you know enough waffling about it. the game that i'm looking at is a uh, celeste because i think celeste truly is like by all definitions the most current kind of definitive uses every single lesson from platformers and creates something that is somehow accessible and yet the most fucking hard thing you're going to play in ages and yet you can beat it you know like it's crazy to me how this game is like gives you so many advanced and like i think why i love it so much is that it builds in some of the advanced uh complex mechanics that are in 2d platformers that you are not taught in most games like how in mario bros there are a ton of moves that you can do that you just won't know about unless you sort of discover them on your own or like learn from somebody else about like these advanced kind of uh, movement techniques. And then Celeste is just like, oh, hey, we're just going to teach you how to do those advanced movement techniques um, so that you can go ahead and end up uh, feeling like some kind of fucking platforming god as you do these like insane moves. Um, And then it also manages to tie in the concept of platforming, the struggling of platforming um, into its narrative. And that to me is one of the most impressive things about this game because it takes the whole fact that like at its heart, I think 2D platformers are about the struggle to be precise, to be perfect, right? Like there is really that sort of internal struggle with a platformer where it's like you have to be so precise and perfect with your movements um, in order to kind of complete the games. And then they manage to take that and insert that into this journey of kind of like mental health um, that I think is just so beautiful and poignant. Um, and so when you get to that end, you feel so like, I know when I finished that game, I was like, holy shit, I did it. Right. Like that feeling of like, I actually, I made it, I got through. And then if you're also insane and just disgustingly talented, you can go off and play all these B sides and all these like genuinely like, all right, now you've done the shit that everyone could do. Why don't you go try the stuff that only a few people are going to actually be able to nail um, and man, uh, also side note, it is the most fun game to watch people speed run because mother of all that is holy, it is it ever freaking cool looking. Um, and it's probably one of the games that, you know, besides the unwhite or whatever, it's the game that whenever there's a, a speed run on, like, you know, in like games done quick or whatever, I'm just like, I'm watching Celeste because man, they keep, and like the developers are in such good communication with them. So, um, yeah, I, I really just, I can't sing this game's praises enough. I really think it deserves everything that all the plaudits that it's given. Um, and whenever they make a sequel, so excited. <laughs> um, or just something in the say, you know, like just make another platform. It doesn't have to be a sequel to this game. Just make another platformer. That's all I'm asking. Cause they made the greatest platformer in my opinion of all time. Um, and uh, Lord, do I just want to see more from them, you know? Um, mm. So anyway, that's my opinion. I know Rick, you played this one. Um, and Paolo, you haven't played this one, though. Paolo, you definitely should play this one. Um, mm. but, Thanks for uh, my backlog. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, did this one not stick with you as well, Rick? 
Um, yeah, I, I definitely think it's humbling if you try and <laughs> yeah. shoot for some of those those harder levels. Equally, I think it's smart that they layer that stuff up so you, you're almost self-selecting whether you just want to yes. beat the game or, or how much further you want to push it. Um, like I said, I really enjoyed it. It's just uh, Shovel Knight spoke to me more. That's fair. Um, it's not that either's bad. It's just I think Shovel Knight's slightly better for me. And that's what like, and that's what I mean. Where like I, I when I say that I think they're on the exact same um, like podium. It's just literally what do you prefer? Like that's how good both these games are. You know, mm. um, there's like nothing about them that um, I can really honestly point to that I think needs to be like improved. You know. Like when I think of shovel, it's hard to think of a negative for either, really. Yeah, yeah, it's more just like, and and that to me is what's interesting is that they're more they're they're also as games a little self selecting where you can actually I think if you do, if you want to get into two D platformers, playing both of these I think is actually going to tell you what kind of two D platformers you're going to enjoy more. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, anyway, that's that is my um, definitive modern one. And I, One sec. Oh. oh, no, it's in folks. <laughs> and this is well, why we there used was our a episodes. bit of silence there, everybody, which uh, is fine. Um, my headphones just came undone, which means the recording probably was silent for a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit sorry everybody but we're back um that was just that was what we call anticipation which is something that we always have at 2d platformers aka we never have them but uh (laughs) what we're going to talk about now is our hidden gem or acquired (laughs) taste so i was just i was just hiding the hidden gem for you all (laughs) should we we go in order of how like appropriately people have stuck to the task in like picking one game Sure, so, yes. Paolo let's let Paolo go first. <laughs> yeah. Incredible, guys. Who picks more than one game for a category? Me on a future video. I was going to uh, say. You I already did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the next, the next New Game Plus is going to be a nightmare. But anyway, keep going. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, I selected Greece because of how... First of all, of how it manages to merge like color, like re- returning color to the world, and 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 platforming, and, and like merging like the concept of having this world like going back to life in a way, and you're revisiting areas and seeing like oh this looks different because now there's flowers over here and you can like go through here and here and here, and the thing is is that this game is very very easy but it has like some unique charm that i can't find in many games it may be the watercolor aesthetic that really speaks to me because i'm a sucker for that it might be like how it kind of tells a story through show don't tell really and this the topics is it the game it tries to to speak of or like show you are like more up to the interpretation of the player. And I really feel like this game is not for everyone because people who usually play platformers may be looking for more of a challenge and less less of a more chill or like palate cleanser or like even like just relaxing experience. Mm. And 
I feel like this game kind of came and went for a while because I do remember like uh, they were like talking about it, but I don't know a lot of people that have actually played it. So it might be a little bit of both, like both a hidden gem and an acquired taste. And it's a shame because it is a very beautiful game that I really recommend everyone to, uh, to try. Do you have to know that you are not in for a challenge, you're in for a relaxing adventure and a story that the game is trying to tell. I have to say wasn't a massive fan of this one, but I do think that is a personal thing, and I think that probably speaks to just how appropriate this game is for this category, yeah. because I think it's taste. Yeah. It's acquired. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, oh yeah no i was gonna say it is very um like i i enjoyed this game but i think you're right paula i think you have to have the proper expectations and like i did have those expectations going into the game so i think i was like properly set up for it but i do think if you're expecting this sort of platformer that's got a little more to it which also though if, if you watch anything about greece and you expected that you're a fucking idiot um like i just the game of the month. i knew what i was going in for i didn't think it was going to be for me yeah exactly you knew what you were going into like i'm like i don't know if anybody goes into this not knowing like i'm sorry but it's like fucking all old like i don't know man like you just need to watch like two seconds of the game to realize oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway i'm sure there's people who just buy games randomly then you know that's fine but also, if you're buying games randomly, whatever. I mean, this is a, this is a moot point. So, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> my games that I picked here. Uh, well, there's one. The reason I kind of have two is because one of them we already talked about, which is Ninja Five O, which I consider to be kind of hidden gemmy because I, I genuinely don't think a lot of people know about this game. Um, yeah. Which, like you said, it's just like there wasn't much marketing for it, so I don't think people know it exists. <laughs> a miracle um, that I know it exists. It, yeah. Right, exactly. So that's why I'm like, yeah, this is kind of by definition, I would say, a hidden gem. Um, mm. Because no one really knows that it's a game. Uh, but um, the other one that I, I sort of picked that I genuinely think is not a hidden gem, but is 100% a massively acquired taste, and that's uh, Ghosts and Goblins. Because I, like, people hate this game. Like, I have seen people who play this, and they... I think they want to take out like a, you know, like a hit on this game because it's so bad. It's so tough. Um, and I understand it genuinely is a ridiculously difficult game um, that is unbelievably punishing that requires you to have almost a like encyclopedic knowledge of the movement patterns of the enemies within it. And yet it is one of my favorite games of all time and so much fucking fun. Because it is just, you know, there's just, just aren't a lot of games that are, one, challenging, but also very good. And that, I think, is the really, like, the big difference here, right? Where it's like, yeah, there are a lot of challenging 2D platformers. I'm sure we can all think of uh, games from, like, the NES and, and, and most of the NES, where they're not very good games, right? Like, they're just challenging games um, in the sense that they've ratcheted up the difficulty to make it so that you have a really bad time with the game. Um, but the thing is with this one is that they, I don't feel like that's the reason why it's difficult. Like there are some cheap shit that you'll definitely feel, but I feel like at its core, the actual like controls and everything, that's not the reason why you're dying. It's more just like, it's more some cheap shit that happens. That's the reason why you're dying. But, um, I still think that at least control wise, you feel as though you have a good grasp of the controls and that like, at least your character is within your control. You're not being tricked or anything. You have full, um, 
take on it. So when you die, it's your fault. <laughs> um, which is also a very bitter pill for a lot of people to swallow. But anyway, that's that's my sort of real kind of acquired taste game. That and honestly, though, here's the thing: it's on the Switch, right? With um with the the online things with the save states it's really quite fun like yeah you have to save state every two seconds so you don't get killed but i actually think that's a really fun way to do it and i really really recommend that people try it like that because i think you're gonna have a really good time with it i have to say my favorite platform was the stop motion ones <laughs> well that's what this ah. is yeah you got to stop every few minutes <laughs> i'm gonna talk the fishing rod back into my bag um and i'm gonna talk about the trio of um, unique uh, handheld 2D platformers that I've picked as hidden gems. And I think they are all to varying extents hidden gems. The first one, I think I've possibly talked about in the New Game Plus before. I might have not. Uh, Box Boy, um, the original, but also the series. Uh, they're 2D platformers where you make some of the platforms as little box shapes out yourself. These games are phenomenal. They're just so good. It, there was a temptation to put it as a foundational um because i think it i think it is really that good and i think once you've got handle on platformers platforming with making your own platforms probably fits that bill um i decided to leave it here instead um the next two are for the regular ds um there's henry hatsworth in mm. the puzzling adventure uh the fun thing about this one is that it is a 2d platformer but it is also uh, a block puzzle so the the unique thing about this game is that when you kill an enemy on the top screen uh, they become a block on the bottom screen and you have to sort of constantly stop to attend to that to make sure that they don't overflow and just dunk a load of enemies on top of your head on the main screen. Um, but you can't pause to deal with that. So if you're dealing with that, you have to make sure that um, Henry is safe on the top screen before you attend to the bottom screen or try and juggle them both. Um, surprisingly challenging, surprisingly deep, impressively functional as a concept um a game i want to go back and replay at some point because i had an absolute blast when i played it the first time um and then finally and i really will be impressed um if anyone's listening has heard of let alone played this uh when the first tim burton alice in wonderland came out uh there was a by the numbers tie-in game for uh modern home consoles de jour uh there was also um a completely different Alice in Wonderland game released for the Nintendo DS. Um, and it's a relatively basic platformer that has you playing as Alice, but also the Cheshire Cat, Absolum the Caterpillar, and also possibly the Mad Hatter. Um, the really cool thing that this game did is it asked you to um, rearrange the world map in order to create pathways for you to get from A to B. So each sort of section of the world map was a square. And at certain points and on the fly, you could rearrange those squares to put uh, different exits and entrances together. Um, wasn't super challenging, like a little bit more straightforward than it sounds, but it was a really unique um, setup. And it's also you know, one of the, the tie-in games that has the honor of being quite a good game in its own right, as well as happening to tie into a, a, um, a property release. Um, it's one that... I remember reading a couple of glowing reviews about and then have never seen talked about since. And it's crying shame because it's a really, really good game uh, that because of the, the, the situation with the license probably never gets a re-release. 
but is absolutely well worth tracking down. I imagine probably goes quite cheap these days. I might be wrong on that. Um, but even if it doesn't, hey, ROMs exist. Yeah, and Nintendo DS games are so easy to get ROMs of. And also, they have the perk that actually playing them vertically on a phone screen um, is both very doable and any phone released in the last few years is absolutely capable of running them, which is always fun. Um, so this is this is worth checking out, as is um, Henry Hatsworth. I actually think on most phones, Citra would probably run all right for 3DS as well. So um, this is me saying, um, go and play these games on your mobile phone, I guess. Mm. Um, so that is my three. Oh, wow, yeah, Alice in Wonderland for the DS goes hella cheap. Uh, yeah. We're talking like a few pounds in the UK. There's like a European version with manual. It's like seven pounds or best offer. Oh, wow. I'm sort That's of tempted to buy a second copy, which I think says a lot about me. That's <laughs> pretty fucking cheap. I mean, you know, um, the DS is due for a, uh, a price explosion in about a few years. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's such a, the, the retro trough and peak. Yeah. Um, so if there's any right, games you it, really it, want, you might want to get them. Uh, Get them now before they start to be stupid expensive. Faux show. Um, Some of them are already stupid expensive. Well, yeah, if they're called... Yeah, depending like on Ghost Recon, Pokemon Conquest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the Dragon Quest 4, 5, and 6 remakes already go for silly money. Yeah. Uh, Soul Silver, particularly if you've got the Pokewalker, goes for silly money. Even without the Pokewalker, um, that game goes for like... Even without the Pokewalker, you'll get a lot for it. Um, for sure. Well, sick. That was our, um, our 2D platformer recommendations. Um, are there any that we missed that you're like, how dare you? Then uh, let us know. There's so many of them out there. Um, but yeah, that's it. Toodaloo, folks. Peace. Bye.